For all you elk hunters out there, chasing turkeys is basically the same thing. I know the reaction you just gave me, but don't knock it till you try it and don't try it without OnX. The Hunt app will not only help you find new areas on public ground, but I use it to find out landowner info to get permission on private ground that I see birds on as well. OnX Hunt has a special offer for you. Use code CAL to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com slash hunt and find more birds this spring. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. From Meat Eater's World News Headquarters in Bozeman, Montana, this is Cal's Week in Review with Ryan Cal Callahan. Now, here's Cal. This week, we're going to talk about raptors and lead poisoning. Shrooms, U.S. Customs, salmon, little pouches made out of fox faces, and more. For starters, ever wonder what the hell's taking so long in the U.S. Customs line when you're coming into the United States? If you were wondering this the other day at LAX, a guy named Virgilio Martinez could be to blame. Martinez appeared on the Netflix series Chef's Table. He was coming into the U.S. from his native Peru and ended up spending three hours in detention. What was the holdup? Virgilio was flying home with 40 whole vacuum-sealed piranhas, which he chose to describe on official forms as bones and flesh thinking perhaps that grossly oversimplifying things might make them go smoother as though agents are going to think oh just bones and flesh and let it slide i'm trying to think of a joke here about carry on get it carry on that's for you guys who love dad jokes those customs guys see some strange things they've seized live tiger kittens live otters and in one instance 200 live tarantulas, all of which were confiscated. In this instance, the chef kept his fish. Following the fiasco, he cooked them at an event where he wanted to promote the eating of piranhas. At this point, I'm sure he got more promotional bang out of his buck than he imagined. Switching from Peru slash LA to Georgia and from piranha to presidential, Former President Jimmy Carter was heading out turkey hunting a couple of days ago and fell and busted his hip. He had surgery. He said his main concern is that he hasn't yet filled his turkey limit. 
He wants the state of Georgia to roll over his unused tags for next year, which would be a clear case of presidential overreach. Now I'm going to tell you about my week. Turns out, President Carter isn't the only one with a health problem that kind of involves turkeys. I was telling a bunch of folks about a hemorrhoid issue that I had a couple years ago. And I was telling it as I happened to be heading out turkey hunting. So blood and pain were fresh on my mind. And as it turns out, that's exactly what I would get. Blood, some of my own, some not. And pain also served two ways. Long story short, I wounded a bird. took refuge in the thickest, nastiest, bramble-choked creek bottom you can imagine. I happened to be hunting with my good friend Garrett Smith, dirt mess, who acted as the spotter as I belly-crawled through the creek bottom. Once a clear turkey track was found in the gravel, along with a soaked feather and a single drop of blood, which gave away the wounded turkey's probable route, old dirt repositioned to a spot along the escape path. Meanwhile, I continued my crawl, now in the actual creek, thinking this is really stupid, I've never heard of a turkey swimming. Well, as I came to a particularly thick spot from the upstream side, dirt came to that same spot from the downstream side and pronounced, hey, I got him, turkey down. Well, that good feeling didn't last long. The bird, who had just previously been announced deader than a wedge, erupted up through the impenetrable undergrowth and directly through dirt, who was suspended above it, you know, on top of the brambles. We ended up with cuts, scrapes, dirt got a stick in his nose, which produced his own blood trail, and even a few ticks. I've had my share of easy hunts. They do happen, but this wasn't one of them. To be real clear, the cuts and scrapes don't compare to the hurt of losing a bird, or any animal for that matter. Okay, moving on. Washington, Oregon recently received authorization to kill hundreds of marine mammals for the somewhat ironic purpose of saving marine mammals. They're trading the lives of sea lions for hopefully the lives of a population of killer whales known as the southern resident pods. In the heavily dammed Columbia River Basin, the California and Stellar sea lions have been having a heyday eating a variety of fish, including the whale's favorite food, Chinook salmon. The southern resident killer whales are salmon specialists. Unlike their mammal-eating transient cousins, they spend a lot of time near the mouth of the Columbia and scientists link their decline to the concurrent declines of Chinook salmon. Last year, only about 300,000 Chinook came back to the Columbia. That's down from an estimated 9 million before the age of dams and industrial fishing. Those fish were known to tip the scales past 85 pounds. Nowadays, an angler would count their lucky stars for a 30-pounder. Sea lions may take a big dent out of the salmon runs on their way inland from the ocean, but predatory fish species may take even more before salmon smolt can make it to the saltwater. Washington State is aware of this, and along with Bonneville Power, has long offered a healthy bounty on northern pike minnow in the Columbia Basin. This is rare because the pike minnow is a native fish. Some dedicated anglers have earned more than 100000 in a year 
just from killing pike minnows. Now we're going to kill sport fish to save sport fish. It's hard to understand, but doing so is worth the effort. Washington's governor just signed a bill into law to greatly liberalize regulations for walleye, channel catfish, and bass, non-native fish, which all prey on juvenile Chinook. The state already did away with all size and bag limits on smallmouth, largemouth, walleye, and channel cats in most of the Colombian snake, some of the best smallie fishing in the country. But this new bill will do the same in any waters used by salmon. Salmon anglers, feeling the pinch of ESA listings and closures, may be glad to hear these steps are being taken. Other anglers, particularly those that plan on enjoying walleye, channel cats, and bass into the long-term future, are understandably miffed about this act of fishy favoritism. It's worth reminding people here of something that is really simple. If it weren't for the dams, we wouldn't be having salmon problems in the first place. Catfish are also getting in trouble way over in Chesapeake Bay. Different catfish, this being the blue catfish, but the same idea around competition with native species. Maryland Department of Natural Resources is trying to rid the bay and its tributaries of the cats. Planted by anglers in the 60s, these sometimes massive, whiskered, and decidedly tasty fish are causing damage to the ecosystem. Maryland State Game Management Agency came up with a creative solution to populize the take of blue cats. Instead of simply discarding the blue cats they removed from the bay, they started to serve it to college students at the University of Maryland in order to turn people on to eating them. This flies in the face of that old adage about teaching kids to fish and giving them fish, but they're probably banking on one leading to the other. A revised idiom might be, give a kid the taste for blue cats, he'll wipe those sons of bitches out of the ecosystem. This mirrors a program at the University of Illinois where students can snack on some of the Asian carp currently inundating waterways throughout the Mississippi River Basin. If you can't beat them, eat them, said former Illinois Lieutenant Governor Evelyn Sanguinetti, who helped launch the program. University of Illinois is serving 9,000 to 11,000 pounds of carp a year. Which of you listening right now took a class in school about Family Finances 101? No one? Yeah, me neither. Just like the importance of a will or college savings plan or even life insurance or estate planning, we have to know these things. But how do we figure it all out? That's why I'm excited to partner with Fabric by Gerber Life. Listen, one of the few things expected of you in life is to not let other people pick up after you. That's why I have life insurance, to make sure my stuff is taken care of even when I'm gone. Fabric by Gerber Life is term life insurance you can get done right here, right now. You could be covered from your couch in under 10 minutes with no health exam required. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash cal. That's meetfabric.com slash cal. M-E-E-T, fabric.com slash cal. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company, not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions. Now, a lot of you guys are familiar with the old hunting tradition of eating, you know, some organ, the heart or a chunk of liver off the first animal you kill. I had that when I was a little kid and it was a big deal. 
Organ meats were always prized by frontier people who knew the importance of getting a lot of different minerals and nutrients. And, as often is the case, those guys were on to something. Because organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. And you can get the same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil made exclusively from regeneratively raised, grass-fed, and finished cattle. Heart and Soil's unique freeze-drying process means all those important nutrients are trapped in, ensuring you experience every one of the benefits of nature's superfood in a clean, convenient, taste-free capsule. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And make sure to use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. That's heartandsoil.co. Use the code MEATEATER. For all you elk hunters out there, chasing turkeys is basically the same thing. I know the reaction you just gave me, but don't knock it till you try it and don't try it without OnX. The Hunt app will not only help you find new areas on public ground, but I use it to find out landowner info to get permission on private ground that I see birds on as well. Onyx Hunt has a special offer for you. Use code CAL to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com slash hunt and find more birds this spring. Here, Taking things over to our health and wellness desk, a little plague news, which... If you think about it, it, has been more or less lacking since the dark ages of the 14th century. A few weeks back, a couple living in a remote area of Mongolia dined on raw marmot liver, a traditional dish, and contracted the Black Death. Died soon after. The government ordered a quarantine of 118 people for six days. Tourists were stranded. Some panic ensued. Western news outlets reveled in the news with a sort of condescending tone meant to convey the impression that, no shit, you shouldn't eat raw marmot liver. But honestly, that doesn't strike me as an entirely unappealing or unusual idea. Few plague facts for you. The bubonic plague, also known as the Black Death, ran rampant through Europe in the 14th century, killing an estimated 25 million people. When the plague hit London in 1665, one in five residents died from the disease. Yersinia pestis, the bacteria that causes the plague, maintains existence through a nasty cycle between rodents and their fleas. Urban areas with high rat populations have an increasingly high risk of plague. The last urban outbreak in the U.S. was in Los Angeles in 1924 through 5 and was directly caused by infected rats. So there's that. Now couple of quick hits for you. A bunch of frat boys over at Hofstra University in Nassau County are in trouble for forcing a dog to drink beer at a party. Administrators suspended the university's chapter of Alpha Epsilon Pi pending investigation. (laughs) Wondering if anyone out there has seen the movie Strange Brew. Brings that to mind, in a way. Another quickie. The actress Anne Hathaway recently discussed breaking from years of veganism to enjoy a meal of salmon. She said that it was as though her brain rebooted like a computer. For days now, I've been trying to think about what I think about this, but I've got nothing. Just passing along is all. What's even cooler than that, ladies and gentlemen, 
is that researchers in North Carolina have identified the oldest living tree in the eastern United States, a bald cypress. The tree is part of a stand of ancient trees along a river course. The tree is an estimated 2,624 years old. So when Jesus was born, that tree was 605 years old. When the guy who ordered Christ's death, Pontius Pilate, was born, that tree was 593 years old. Another way to express that age is that the tree has so far been alive about 33 times longer than you can realistically hope to live. And it's still kicking, or rather, standing there. Moving along to the latest from dudes hunting in Texas, we should just call this the Texas desk, as in over to our Texas desk. Four guys were recently convicted of hunting from a helicopter for big game, took photos, of course. Turns out it violates federal law. When you're in trouble for poaching and you end up in federal court, you really screwed up. I'm not normally an advocate for playing video games, but my God, some guys would be better off just going in that direction and avoiding the outdoors altogether. Now we're going to jump over to our national park desk, which sits a long way away from our Texas desk, and uh, talk about some eagles. You may have heard about the golden eagle that was found dead outside in Yellowstone National Park last December. Well, just recently a bald eagle was found dead outside of Glacier National Park. Both of these birds were found to have severely elevated lead levels in their blood. The likely culprit in both cases has been determined to be birds scavenging on carcasses or gut piles containing lead bullet fragments. Bird mortality from lead poisoning has been happening for a long time. There's no denying it. But for an equally long time, folks have been debating the source of lead. People pointed to a well-documented study conducted by Dr. Myra Finkelstein, who observed a pair of condors ingesting lead-based paint that had flaked off of a water tower, apparently out of boredom. Remember the Lazen Albatross from episode one of Cal's Week in Review? You're, uh, you're listening to that show right now. Well, they're apparently paint eaters as well. Their lead source of choice being the paint from old military buildings on Midway Atoll. What do I mean by boredom? Well, messing around. Experimenting. Another bird species, the black vulture, descends on Dutch Gap, West Virginia every year. And they cause all sorts of issues. Once the vultures picked apart an asphalt-shingled roof in an afternoon. There's even one case of vultures sitting on a car in a mall parking lot, picking out the little rubber gasket around the vehicle's windshield until the windshield collapsed into the vehicle. The vultures then entered the vehicle and proceeded to pick apart the upholstery. Why did they do this? Because they have the time to do it. Life isn't that hard for them, apparently. At least not the simple functionality of actually staying alive. Here at the Meat Eater, we get a lot of questions as to the who's and how's of establishing the sources of lead from lead-killed birds. It's a classic case of, well, how in the hell do they know? Well, the answer is, they, in quotes, don't, definitively. However, the circumstantial evidence is, in my opinion, incredibly strong. I'll hit the bird behavior first. Eagles aren't, for the most part, lead pickers. Not because they are too smart, 
but because they're too dumb. No time to waste. Not too curious. On top of that, eagles make a seasonal transition from hunting to scavenging in the fall. A transition that coincides with a lot of big game rifle seasons. In the case of this one eagle in Yellowstone, it died of lead poisoning during hunting season. It traveled frequently in areas where there's a lot of hunting going on, and its lead exposure had increased precipitously ahead of its death. So we have a spatial, temporal, and behavioral evidence that this bird was exposed to lead from spent ammunition. But they did not, mind you, actually find bullet fragments or shotgun shot within its digestive tract. So the evidence is circumstantial, correlative, and strong, but it is not causative. Is this in and of itself a condemnation of lead ammo? Airplanes kill eagles. Wind turbines kill eagles. Fences and power lines kill eagles. Cars kill eagles. Discarded fishing nets kill eagles. Old fishing sinkers can kill eagles. Yet eagles are at a historic high. Populations are booming throughout the country. They're doing just fine. More than fine in some places. What does all of this mean? How much are we willing to inconvenience ourselves over a few dead eagles? Well, let's all think about that and get back to each other. And finally this week, if you thought Denver couldn't get any weirder, or at least didn't need to get weirder, they've gone and decriminalized, which is a lot like legalized, but I guess different, hallucinogenic mushrooms. The plan doesn't permit sale and purchase of mushrooms, but you're not going to get busted for having a few in your pocket. Before you go getting all old mannish, thinking about what the hell's wrong with the world today, and kids these days, and Sodom and Gomorrah, and all that, consider what just came out of Bolivia. Archaeologists found a pouch made from three fox snouts sewn together, which makes it the most badass pouch ever. The pouch ages back to around a thousand years ago, according to radiocarbon dates. Inside this pouch was a collection of five psychoactive drugs, including cocaine, DMT, and compounds associated with ayahuasca, and, you guessed it, magic mushrooms. Think back to last episode, when we discussed how when anthropologists can't explain something, it gets classified as spiritual or ritualistic. So, of course, they're saying this sack of drugs belonged to a shaman. Not a regular old drug user, mind you. Makes me wonder, if I found someone passed out on the sidewalk with a fox snout bag full of five different drugs, would I think differently about him or her if they said they were a shaman? Back to Denver, though. If you're worried about drugs and them saying magic mushrooms are okay now, and you're considering whatever horrible direction we're headed as a species, take some solace in the fact that we've apparently been heading that way for at least a thousand years. Yet we managed to get here somehow, and we're okay. Hemorrhoids notwithstanding. Life actually feels pretty good. On top of that, I know a lot of great people, including a bunch in Denver. Just like me, they enjoy getting up out of bed in the morning, maybe doing some fishing or hunting or going off to work. I'm sure when they come back down, they'll still like to do those things. So I'm just not going to get all worked up about this mushroom deal they've got going on down in Denver. Hey, this has been Cal's Week in Review. Thanks for listening. Now go anywhere podcasts can be downloaded or streamed. Leave me a review 
and hit that furthest right-hand star. On top of that, if you have any questions or found any inaccuracies, be sure to send them my way at askcal at themeateater.com. That's askcal, A-S-K-C-A-L, at themeateater.com. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. Hey, I just sat down with the owners and operators of Maui Nui Venison. They're on a mission to balance access deer populations on Maui while giving back to the community and run a totally sustainable operation. For folks like me who want to get your own meat but aren't always successful, you can become a snack subscriber, get some access deer sticks sent right to your door. Visit MauiNuiVenison.com. That's M-A-U-I-N-U-I venison.com and use promo code cal for 20% off your first order.